Good afternoon, GYC. I think you, uh, you can do better than that. Good afternoon, GYC. How is it going so far? That's nice to hear. We are happy to have all of you here, and we are so blessed that the Lord has provided this opportunity for us um, to be able to fellowship with you and um, with those of you who are watching uh, through the 3ABN. We want to have a very special welcome to all of you, and I pray that the Lord will bless us all as we fellowship today. Um, in Kenya, where I come from, and I believe in most of Africa, an event or an occasion is judged as being good or bad based on the type of food that you ate. So if the food was good, then the event was successful, right? Those of you from Africa, am, am I saying the right thing? Okay. So how is the food so far? I think the physical food has been good, but hey, what about the spiritual food? You know, I have been here, and those of you who love bread like I do, I always go for the 100% wheat, you know, stone ground, you know, no, nothing added onto it, real solid food, and I have been so blessed being here at GYC, and I pray that all of you are being blessed. As we start this meeting, I hope that you will open our hearts that the Holy Spirit will impress us with the message that he wants for us um, during this time. And prayerfully, when we live here, we will have a life-changing experience. I want to invite you all to prayerfully uh, consider every message that we hear here, that the Lord may bless us in everything that we do. Um, we're going to have the opening prayer for Mark Te, and so I hope that you'll be blessed. Please bow your heads with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you, for you are merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Lord, we ask that as we are here this morning, Lord, we know that in your word, you tell us that you do not clear the guilty, Lord, but that you do keep mercy for thousands. And I ask that you would forgive us, Lord, of our iniquity, transgression, and sin. I pray, Lord, that as we are here during this hour, that you would allow your glory to pass before us, that we may appreciate your goodness. I pray, Lord, that you would, through your servant, Stephen Casper Bauer, and through your Holy Spirit, that you would minister to our hearts that we might be like Jesus. I ask for these gifts in Jesus' name. Amen. Good afternoon, GYC. I am here to tell you about something that we are really excited about. I have with me... Andy and Sarah Martinez, they are with the International Health and Lifestyle Ministries. And they are going to tell us some amazing things about um, what's going on in their ministry. I'm going to start with Sarah. What are some of the projects that you guys are involved with? Well, Joel, we have several projects that, to the glory of God, um, he has brought about. And the first thing that happened was... Um, a in Panama. We have four projects going on in Panama and three projects going here in the United States in Missouri. And what we started out with, I'll um, show you a picture of the very first um, house the, that we had to work with. Um, we felt God calling us to do a Bible training school in Panama, and this is what we had to start out with. And as you can see, it's very humble. It's a little shack on one acre of land in Panama. Um, but, you know, when God calls you to do something, um, you need to use what you have. Amen? And uh, so we got started with the training school. Um, and then we, we wanted to bring the spirit of GYC to Panama. And so we did a youth camp in Panama. And um, there's a picture of that as well. Dr. Samuel Pippin came down and shared some great sermons. And David Gates came down. It was an amazing weekend. And the next picture shows the crowd 
Um, over 700 people came to this first UIC in Panama, and it was amazing. And so now we're wanting to do youth camps every year in Panama. And the next thing, um, we have a wellness center, and that's going really great. And then we have, uh, we're helping out with a nursing home in Panama. And then here in Missouri, we're wanting to do the same type of thing, open up a training center. And um, you'll see the, the picture of the crops. Um, we're wanting to teach organic agriculture and uh, among several other things. And I don't have time to go into all the details, but rocky soil in Missouri, those were the first crops that God brought about, and it was an amazing miracle. These are the first few students, handful of students, but we've already sent one to Nicaragua to, to train the indigenous in organic agriculture. And um, we want to bring a youth camp here, and we just wanted to show you a short little video, a promotion, pro promotional video clip of the youth camp that we want to bring um, in Missouri. That is really exciting. God has been really doing amazing things. Um, so where did the idea for this ministry come from? Hello, UIC. Are you excited to be here? I was the first time I came here. I saw a bunch of people fight up for God. I saw one mission to carry the gospel all around the world. I came here. I cast the vision. Do you know what to do? I asked God in GYC 2005, I want to do something for you. I went to a booth, European Bible College booth, and that moment God told me, go to back to Panama, open a Bible college, and do a youth camp. That is impossible. I refused it for two months. One day I get up in the morning, God spoke to me again, and I said, yes, Lord. I have some requests for you, Lord. You will make my wife have the same vision of mine. You will provide all the needs. You will teach me. You will lead me. I will not do fundraiser. I will not ask for money. I don't have no money. So you have to provide it for me. So God told me, that's easy. But for now on, you don't own nothing. In fact, give me those $100 that you have for pay the rent next week. We pray, talk my wife, very painful. <laughs> we decide to trust to God anyway. It's been 18 months and we have six projects. I'm going to give you one secret. Consecrate your life to God. Risk everything that you have, all your money you have in bank account. Put all your time, all the sacrifice, pray. And trust God, anyway. Amen. I believe we've seen that through Andy and Sarah's lives. Look what they've already been able to do. Isn't that exciting? I am excited about what they're doing. If you guys have a chance, I want you to go to their booth and talk to them. They've got some amazing miracle stories. Just share with us one example of how God provided. It's a miracle that we are here. <laughs> We're going to build a kitchen this year, uh, this year coming up. I need $23,000. Monday, I didn't have no money to come to GYC, no ride, no money to pay the youth camp, no money even to start the foundation in Panama. Say, Lord, please, if it is your will, if it is my crazy idea they have, shut everything down. But if it's your vision, your idea, 
Give me money today. Before I came to GYC, my boss came to me and said, Hey, if you someone give me money, who I need to write a check for? Say, well, you have to write a check to IHM Ministry. And one day, God provided $3,000. He did it last year before coming to UAC, provided $7,000. And he did it again. And we're going to Panama. Our vision is to take all over the world. Amen. I hope that's yours too. All right. I am so excited about the successes they've already had. They told me they've already had 1,500 people at their wellness clinic that have been treated and healed. They've had several baptisms already. Um, they've had about 70, uh, 700 people at their youth camp in Panama, and they're, they've already had 27 students, their, their uh, student program. So we're really excited. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Out next, I have Christian Allen. He's working on a very different sort of project. This is also very exciting. He's with Revelation Pictures and The Quiet Hour. And Christian, what is this special project you're working on? Well, it's a video. It's a documentary about the Seventh-day Adventist Church and how it is proclaiming the three angels' message into all the world, not just by evangelism, but also by the health system, by the, um, by the school system, and humanitarian ways. Um, what, sparked, what got me to do this was I worked for the Quiet Hour and share him, and I travel all over the world, and I was able to see the Seventh-day Adventist Church from a, a perspective that I think very few could see it. And on my way back from Ethiopia, I, uh, I said, you know, God, I wish everyone could see what I've been able to see. So that was the inspiration of this video, and I guess we have a promo to show. Yeah, we're going to show the promo video now. Quiet Hour and Revelation Pictures present 2,000 years ago, on the Greek island of Patmos, a message was given to the Apostle John. It was a message that would mesmerize the mind of mankind for millennia. Deep in the pages of this book is a final warning to all inhabitants of Earth given by three angels. It is a cry to turn away from false doctrine and return to the true God of creation. It tells of a last day people who keep the commandments of God and hold fast in their faith in Christ. It tells of how this people of scriptural truth will spread this final warning to the four corners of the earth. And then, the end will come. The Three Angels' Messages Coming soon. What is the purpose of this DVD? Well, you know, when people are newly baptized, it would be a nice way to give, give them a DVD to help them to know about the church that they've just joined. It's going to explain a lot of the terminology that is used. It's going to uh, help them to understand, you know, I remember when I first became an Adventist, I'd hear the word conference, the word union, the word world division. I had no idea what these things were. Well, this video explains all of it in a very flashy Hollywood style that people can enjoy. All right. And what is the audience that you have in mind for this? Well, it's geared to take people who are Seventh-day Adventists and say, I, I really want people to watch this video and say, I am so proud to be a Seventh-day Adventist, to see what our church is doing all over the world. It's very, very exciting to go to India and see, you know, out in these remote villages, a little school that says Seventh-day Adventist school. And it's the only hope for that family. Well, this is the kind of things the Adventist church is doing all over the world. It's just one challenge I've had in putting this together is trying to take all of the stuff that's actually happening on a global scale and put it into an hour-long documentary. That has been the biggest challenge that I've, I've been able to face. But 
Anyway, back to the question. It's for anyone. If, if you are an Adventist, this video will inspire you uh, to be proud of the church that you're a part of. And if people who have kind of gotten weak and fallen away a little bit, it would be a great video to give to them to hopefully reignite the fire that they probably once had. Also, people who are newly baptized, as well as friends, neighbors. Uh, really, it's for everyone. Great introductory to, to, tool to our wonderful church. And so I know a lot of us are excited about it. When and where can we get this? Well, I have to tell you, um, trying to create the second coming in a very powerful way has proven to be a challenge. But I think we've, uh, with the amount of money that I have, obviously that kind of thing can be multiple millions, which I don't have, unfortunately. But um, we're making some progress, and I'm hoping that it gets released in March. Um, we're going to be giving out these little cards, these little uh, promo cards. Besides that trailer, there's two more that you can see on the website, and we're going to give out little cards on your way out the door where you can go to the website and you can keep up with the, the release date and anything that's going on with the video from the website. All right, so that's 3angelsdvd.com. 3, the number 3, angelsdvd.com. Again, we'll give you some cards that has that on there as well. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that soon, and I know so all I. the rest of us are. <laughs> okay, thanks. When all of you registered on Tuesday or Wednesday or yesterday, and maybe some of you today, uh, you received a book entitled God is Faithful. How many of you received this book? Have you had a chance to read it? Some of you say no, some of you say yes. I read this book before, I had a sneak preview, and the principles in here are life-changing. I want to encourage all of you, Take time and read the principles in this book. Our speaker this afternoon is uh, Stephen Kasperbauer. I hope I said that with the right accent. Uh, <laughs> um, Steve, Stephen comes to us from the island of Guam, and I think some of you have interacted with him before. Now, I just came from Dr. Nedley's seminar, and he told us not to read people's minds. And uh, when, you know, after re reading this book before, I went back and met Steve for the first time, and uh, I will tell you, I read his mind, <laughs> and I could only see simple faith. Those of you who have tested the Lord know that God is faithful. And if you are faithful, he will keep on showing you how faithful he is. You've heard story after story of how God is faithful. I cannot say any more about it. Steve has a personal story which he's going to share with us this afternoon. And it is my prayer that you'll be blessed by the story. And let me just say this. I'm the treasurer for GYC. And I didn't intend for this to be the case, but this put us together. But I hope that will inspire you to give a better offering tomorrow. May God bless you as you listen to Steve. Uh, before Steve comes, we'll be uh, favored by a musical item from Mark Kent, a uh, vocal at the piano entitled Wings as an Eagle. And the next voice you'll hear after music will be that of Stephen Kasperbauer. God bless you. Praise the mighty for me, and the wind is blowing strong. When the witnesses surround me And my strength is almost gone When the valley plunges deeper And life shatters all my dreams Then I lift my voice to Jesus And he gives my spirit wings God gives wings as eagles. God gives wings to fly and strength to rise above. God gives wings as eagles. When my feet begin to stumble, and my dreams begin to crumble, I mount up on eagles' wings. Let 
Let us run the race with patience. Let us lay each weight aside, looking only unto Jesus. He will be our faithful guide. He has run the race before us. He has won the victor's crown. Then he calls to every Christian, follow me to afternoon everyone it is certainly an honor and a privilege to be your plenary session speaker for today's GYC conference here in Minneapolis my family and I are attending the GYC conference for the second year in a row and we have again been blessed greatly by the spirit-filled content of this conference GYC is our family's Christmas gift to each other and it is my hope that this GYC conference has been a blessing and a gift to you as well. I would like to thank the organizers of this GYC conference for providing this opportunity for me to share with you my personal testimony on my journey of faith as it was tested on stewardship and the Sabbath. The title of my testimony being delivered to you today is Be Faithful, or specifically, be faithful when, when tested on stewardship and the Sabbath. The title of the message is in line with the theme of this year's GYC conference, Be. We must be faithful when tested on stewardship and the Sabbath. Because with the exception of love, the Bible has more to say about our faithful stewardship over money and use of our time and talents than any other subject. Additionally, as Seventh-day Adventists, we all know that our willful and faithful observance of God's holy Sabbath day will be a test that will decide the destiny of our very souls in these last days. It should then come as no surprise that God uses our stewardship over money, time, talents, as well as our faith and faithful observance of his holy Sabbath as a test of our commitment to him, and most of all, to prepare us for the time of trouble that lies ahead in the future. However, at this time, and before we proceed any further, I would like to invite everyone listening to pause and to join with me for a word of prayer. God, our Father in heaven, you have brought us together today to train and prepare us all for the trials that will test our commitment to you. In our times of trouble ahead, please use the testimony of my failures combined with your mercy to provide the conviction that is needed to be faithful, 
needed for us to be faithful stewards of all that we have and to honor you on your holy Sabbath days. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, my name is Stephen Kasperbauer, and I come from Guam. And in the early 1960s and early 70s, I grew up in Guam. Guam is a small tropical island in the Pacific Ocean. It is a United States territory with a rich culture heavily influenced by the early Spanish heritage of today's modern America. Guam is predominantly Catholic, and the Catholic Church strongly influences the culture and family relationships on Guam. My parents and grandparents were devout Catholics who prayed constantly and went to Mass often. As an altar boy at the village church, I learned to love and trust God and to believe in Jesus from a very early, very early age. Shortly after finishing college, a business partner and I started a very small tourism beach business. We had a few jet skis, several kayaks to rent, and we were ready for Guam's growing Japanese tourism industry. However, over the next 15 years, the business expanded rapidly. We added a Navis rent-a-car franchise, parasailing tours, dolphin watching tours, real estate investments, built a hotel condominium, and a jet helicopter tour service with three helicopters. Our company also operated nine beachfront rental locations for hotels like the Hyatt, the Hilton, the Westin, the Marriott, with as many as 185 employees and over 1,000 customers on a busy day, we had grown to become one of the largest tour attractions on Guam. In 1993, I married my lovely girlfriend, Carmen. She's from Guam, too. And we soon had a son, Lawrence, and a daughter, Cressa, to add to our family. And in the year 2000, my wife and I, with great confidence, purchased my partner's shares of the business and became the sole owners of the company. We were excited for our future and what could possibly go wrong. Well, my next section is called Business in Trouble. Over the next few years, the effects of September 11, 2001, the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq and SARS, severe acute respiratory syndrome, caused the majority of Japanese tourists to cancel vacation plans to Guam. To make things worse, in December of 2002, Guam was hit by Super, super Typhoon Pongsana, which struck Guam with nearly 200 mile per hour winds. And waves 20 feet tall. In just a few hours, the typhoon destroyed over 4,000 hotel rooms and Guam's tourism industry. Sound familiar for the future? Most of our company's business locations and equipment were also destroyed or damaged by the typhoon. Let me explain. Guam's tourism economy is based mainly on the Japanese tourists coming from Japan. We receive about a million tourists a year in Guam. And these tourists come to Guam through travel agents. They don't book direct like a lot of us. They make their arrangements through travel agencies. And when 9-11 happened and the war in Iraq and Afghanistan started, they became scared to travel, like a lot of people. But more so to Guam because Guam is a United States territory. And they really felt that this war was between the United States and someone else. And they didn't want to be caught in the middle of it. And then, of course, when we had this typhoon, since we have all these beach locations, well, everything on the beach got damaged. So now we had no tourists and nothing left to offer. So let me continue. The effects of September 11, wars, SARS, and the typhoon resulted in a 75% reduction in business for our tour company which forced 130 employees to be laid off, millions of dollars of debt, and several hundred thousands of dollars in negative cash flow, and a daily operating cash loss of several thousands of dollars a day. In only two years from the time my wife and I had purchased my partner's shares of the business, our business became financially worthless and apparently hopeless. Amazingly, there was hope for our hopeless situation. And I'll talk to you about my conversion now. Shortly after the events of September 11, 2001, my cousin Dwight persistently asked my wife and me to participate in a Bible study together. Being very secular and content with our former faith, 
My wife and I declined Dwight's invitation to Bible study, not once, not twice, but many, many, many times. Until we finally gave in and said, okay, we'll have a Bible study. Okay? He's my cousin. It's the least I could do, right? It starts there, doesn't it? Well, Dwight and his wife, Sandy, arrived at our house one evening with an elderly Japanese-American Adventist couple in their 70s. We were introduced to Joseph and Verna Nozaki, who were both working as mission doctors, a mission doctor and a nurse for the Guam Seventh-day Adventist Clinic. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the very first Bible study that my wife and I had ever had in our lives. We continued to have Bible studies once or twice a week from that point on. After a few months, our family accepted an invitation to attend our first Sabbath service and listen to a special sermon being preached by the pastor. Not knowing exactly what to expect from a Sabbath service, we delayed our arrival by at least a half an hour. We didn't know. I mean, in a small island where you're raised Catholic... You know, you were a little careful about going to another church. Maybe some of you can relate to that. And so anyway, we showed up about a half hour late, but we didn't know that Adventists enjoy what? Fellowship, Bible study, singing, children's story, special music, before the sermon is even preached. So essentially, we were still on time. Couldn't get out of it. Well, I'll tell you. That was one powerful sermon. It was so meaningful. We had never heard God's word preached like that before. It was a spiritual eye-opener. And we looked forward to going to church every Sabbath. My Carmen accepted a call to be baptized in 2002. I admired my wife. And I wanted to follow. I wanted to follow her, but I couldn't. Because the tour business was still open on Sabbath. And I felt too guilty. I felt too guilty about being open on Sabbath and too guilty to be baptized. So I continued to study the Bible and pray. So I had a dilemma over Sabbath and stewardship. And during this time, our company and Guam's tourism economy were recovering very poorly. Every month, many local tour companies, friends that I had known who had businesses, and others were closing down. Guam's economic situation was the worst it had ever been over the last 60 years. Our company remained open on Sabbath because Saturdays were amongst the largest revenue days of the week. After owning the business for nearly 20 years, I knew that closing on Saturday during those economic tough times would logically force the company into bankruptcy. It would lay off the rest of those hardworking employees that survived. I mean, we already had to lay off 130 and they didn't deserve to lose their jobs. And it would cheat the banks and the vendors out of a chance of ever, ever being paid back. And that's millions of dollars that we owed. I determined that triggering such a chain of economic disasters would be a greater sin than breaking the Sabbath. In January of 2004, though, a pastor evangelist named Louis Torres came to Guam and conducted a two-week evangelism series. Two weeks. Not very long. As the series unfolded day by day, the Holy Spirit impressed upon me a much deeper understanding of the gospel, the commandments, and the importance of the Sabbath. I desperately wanted to be baptized to show my love and loyalty for Christ. And at the end of each evangelistic presentation, I would fill out my decision card. You know those decision cards? Are you familiar with them? indicating that I believed in Jesus as my Savior, believed in the commandments, and accepted the understanding of the Sabbath. Significantly, I had not checked the box on the decision card asking if I wanted to be baptized. Well, to my surprise, a few days later, Pastor Torres and our church pastor stopped by my office for a visit. Well... Pastor Torres wanted to encourage me for my decision to accept Jesus as my Savior. How did they even know where I worked? How do you people do this, I thought, you know? He wanted me to encourage me 
For my decision to accept Jesus as my Savior, the commandments, and the understanding of the Sabbath, he also delicately inquired why I had not indicated my desire for baptism. Well, my decision card revealed a personal enigma. How could I accept Jesus? How could I accept the commandments? How could I accept the understanding of the Sabbath, yet not accept baptism? I explained to Pastor Torres that I could not, with a clear conscience, be baptized. Now, remember earlier, I couldn't be baptized because, you know, how could, how could I maintain the business, right? I mean, I could not, with a clear conscience, be baptized because our business was still open on the Sabbath. I also explained that without the Saturday revenues, we would go out of business, forcing innocent employees out of their jobs, defaulting on our bank loans and debts, which in a sense I thought, or rationalized, would be stealing. So, which sin is worse? Stealing from the banks, the vendors, putting employees that had worked, co-workers out of business, out of their jobs? They have mortgages, they have car loans. Well, Pastor Torres gently explained that baptism would give me the strength I didn't have to overcome those problems. So we prayed together in my office, and I admit, I cried. And then decided to be baptized. Regardless of the perceived consequence. So I was about to embark on a leap of faith. I was baptized at the end of the evangelism series in January 2004. Two weeks makes a difference. You can make a difference. Support evangelism. I encourage it. By April of 2004, three months later, we closed our main tour business operations on Sabbath as an act of faith. In addition, we gave up our agreements to operate the numerous different hotel beach rental operations we had managed for more than a decade, allowing operations to be closed completely on Sabbath for the first time since 1986. Pastor Torres was right. Baptism did give me the faith and the strength I needed to close the business on Sabbath. Amen. But before closing the business on Sabbath, I prayed and asked God for forgiveness for being such a poor steward with his resources. I came to recognize that I never really was the owner of this business that had in fact always belonged to God. Also, prior to closing the business on the Sabbath, I prayed that since it was God's business for the goodness of preserving his reputation and their understanding of the Sabbath, that he would not let any bank vendor or employee or anyone else that we ever owed money by our company to go unpaid. That was my prayer. God, it's your business. So you take care of the bills. In order to close our tour business on Saturday, we had to first write letters and hold meetings with travel agents, hotels, and vendors to explain why we were turning away their business. Turning away their business on the busiest day of the week, Saturday. I had to explain the same reasons to the employees my family, and my friends. By informing all businesses, employees, and friends that our business was closed on Saturday, God was now using me and the company to promote and make all our business partners, employees, and friends aware of God's Sabbath. <clears throat> I had my first chance at witnessing, huh? Well, let me tell you, it didn't come easy. You just don't walk out and say, I'm closing on Sabbath. What was that? You more or less come out after not being a Christian, understanding this for a long time. I mean, these were my friends. We served on community boards. We had been doing business for a long time. I had been in business open every day for, shoot, almost 20 years. And uh, this was tourism. So I said, uh, I'm closing because I'm a Christian, and it's because of service. <laughs> family day. Yeah, family day. Everybody needs a day off? What are you looking at? <laughs> Don't you need a day off? I'm going to tell you, you know, you got to start somewhere. So for those of you who are challenged, just start. You'll get comfortable. Trust me. 
It's a little easier now. Initially, closing the business on Saturday was inconvenient for travel agencies, hotels, and vendors that supplied our company with customers and services. Since we were now closed on Saturday, the travel agents, hotels, and other vendors informed us that they would have to recommend that their customer choose our competitors who were open on Saturday. We were also informed that we would expect, we should expect to lose a substantial portion of our Sunday business as well because most of our Sunday customers made their reservations on Saturday. More than ever, the decision to close on Saturday appeared as if it would be the final nail in the coffin for our struggling business. We had them say, well, you don't have to be open. You don't have to work. Just have somebody answer the phone. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Steve, what's wrong with you? Answering the phone? Is that a sin? You know, how do you explain that? Well, God will give you the words. Trust me. Next, morale within the company was tense as well. Closing on Sabbath was not a democratic decision. Made by a majority vote of the employees. Their job security was now threatened by the decision to close. I could sense the employees questioning my leadership ability during these tough and delicate times. Win or lose, I was committed to close on the Sabbath no matter what. Besides, this was God's business. And now, well, I was just his steward. I continued to pray and to be optimistic, holding on, holding on to God's many Sabbath-keeping promises. Right here. Truly, it would take a Bible miracle from God to make this business plan work. It was my time to test my faith. Well, if I remember correctly, the first Sabbath we closed, Friday night, we had put the reservation phones on an answering machine and then left for the night. On that first Saturday that we were closed, the weather changed. And unexpectedly, it rained terribly hard all day. Let me explain that. First of all, how many of you would like to call up, make a reservation for a special tour that you had never done before? You know, you're going to parasail, you've never done that. You're going to jet ski, you're going to go dolphin watching and talk to an answering machine and feel like everything's handled, how much you have to pay, what time you got to be picked up, everything else, and say, that's fine, or send a fax. Well, that's, we didn't, to tell you the truth, I had faith in God, but I didn't have faith in that answering machine that night. (laughs) I didn't expect to have anybody have a reservation for Sunday. Second, they already told us they'd have to send them somewhere else. So Saturday comes along, Sabbath, and I'm driving to church. I'm saying, my goodness, we're closing in April. April's beautiful time of the year in Guam. It's always sunny. Friday was beautiful. What happened here? It's getting dark. Not dark, real early in the morning. And then it started to rain. Not the kind of rain that comes down like this. But you know that rain that goes this way? You seen that kind of rain? <laughs> We're on a tropical island and it's, you know, it's in the middle of the day and people are driving around with their headlights because it's raining so hard. That's the rain that happened on Saturday. Well, when we came into the office on Saturday evening, our answer machine and our fax machine was filled with enough reservations. Couldn't believe that. Reservations for Sunday because nobody wanted to book their tours on that first Saturday that we were closed due to the very bad weather. On Sunday, the weather was perfect. It's like it never happened. No bad weather. And many same-day reservations were called in. It appeared that the rainy weather on Saturday proved to be a blessing and preserved the business through the first Sabbath day closure. Let me tell you something. For the next six months or so, a similar pattern of weather continued. Great weather on Friday, crazy rainy weather on Saturday, and good weather on Sunday. God was providing. I could never figure that one out for the business plan. That's more than a thousand and one ways, by the way, that he will provide. Other miracles, here are some other miracles that happened at work. Equipment and supplies were lasting much longer than they had ever lasted in the past, which reduced operating expenses tremendously. We've been keeping records. This thing should last this long. Now it lasts this long. I'm not going to argue. Even though the tour agents and the hotels tried at times to recommend our competitors, 
Well, the customers would reject their recommendations and insist they go to our business instead. That never happened before. Within a few Sabbaths of being closed, employees seem to be better rested, more productive, and better team players. Our customer satisfaction and employee safety records also improved. With the Sabbath rest came clear and better management decisions. Okay, and these decisions, well, they made the company more efficient, thus increasing revenues and reducing unnecessary expenses. Christians, we have many unnecessary expenses. Within time, the travel agents and the hotels changed their opinions about our closing on Saturday. Why? Because for unexplained reasons, our company was making more profit for them than ever before. Their customers were satisfied, and our safety record was excellent. Some other miracles in February of last year, our Japanese sales and marketing director and general manager and I, together, we went to Japan to meet with the country's largest travel agency, which was also our company's largest supplier of tourists and revenue. At that meeting, our Japanese sales director was questioned about our policy of closing on Saturdays. In reply, he explained that we are closed because we are a Christian-owned company that followed the Sabbath. Japanese senior management also asked our sales director, well, we can understand your policy, but what about exceptions? What if we would make an exception for large groups or special holidays? Could we open on Saturdays? You know, when our sales director had to explain that my Christian principles were at stake and not money, the Japanese tour managers paused and talked amongst themselves for a short while before coming back and talking to myself and my Japanese sales director. Well, we waited, and it was tense. This was the person that I asked to do better than last year while closing on Saturday. This is a person that is not a Christian yet. He's from Japan. This is a person that can't explain why his boss closed on Saturday, but is just saying, well, I'll trust you. Well, when the Japanese tour managers came back after, I mean, they're the largest tour company in the world. They supply all our business for the most part, and they're making a request, which is more like a, you have to do it. And we told them our reasons. Actually, he interpreted, so now he's witnessing. Thank God. <laughs> the Japanese senior tour managers expressed their sincere understanding. Their next statements made me say, praise God, when they respectfully informed our sales director and me that it had been a long, long time since they had done business with another company that felt that their principles were worth more than money. People, don't be fooled. If you want to talk business, it's just business. When they find out what you're all about and what your principles are, then you're talking God's business. <laughs> Furthermore, they agreed that they, they now had a higher level of trust for our company and agreed to protect and increase their support for our business relationship. Similar experiences could also be recorded for most of our business suppliers. Since my baptism and closing on the closing of the business on Sabbath in 2004, God has blessed his company and our work with many small and large miracles that testify to his wonderful love and protection. Today, our company has been blessed with conversion and baptism of employees and their families who are now active in different Seventh-day Adventist churches on the island. Although Guam's tourist arrivals have not yet completely recovered to the previous September 11, 2001 levels, we're still not even back to the old numbers. Our business is doing better than ever before in its history. With God in his proper place as owner of his tour company here in Guam, the finances have turned around. My prayer that God would pay the business debt to everyone that the business owed has been accomplished or exceeded. Most importantly, God has proved that obeying the Sabbath Closing the business was an important and necessary way to tell and show employees, the people of Guam, the Guam business community, and especially me, that with God, all things are possible. My initial altruistic concern about staying open on Saturday to protect the employees' jobs 
and pay back loans and vendors was a terrible sin of pride. God has proved that having enough money was never an issue for him to run his business operations. I thank God for his loving mercy by letting me continue to serve him in this business. I realize now that there is more security and assurance in being a servant for a generous and loving God than to be the sleepless owner of a business with a million problems. Today, God is using the revenues of this business to generate needed tithes and offerings to assist the Guam Seventh-day Adventist churches, evangelists around the world, schools, and other necessary mission work. I'd like to add, add a few additional blessings that I'm really, really thankful to God for. I'd like to add that our two children, Lawrence and Caressa, have also been baptized. And they love the Lord dearly. My wife and best friend Carmen changed her job and is a teacher at the Guam Adventist Academy on the island. Our family is closer and more loving than ever before because of our shared love for God and most definitely because of the time we spend together on Sabbath. You know, that's quality time. I would also like to mention another miracle. After we were baptized, my wife and I discovered that we had been on another Adventist's prayer list for conversion long before we had ever had our first Bible study or had met Dr. and Mrs. Nozaki. People, keep them on your prayer list. If at all possible, please add my wife's and my parents, siblings and their children to your prayer requests for conversion. Well, my testimony today is dedicated especially to all of you young people here at GYC, as well as to all others listening to this message. You, young men and women, you represent the hope of the finest generation of Adventists needed at this critical time in Earth's history. And this can and should be the finest hour of your lives. God has trusted you to be his faithful stewards of his holy Sabbath day. God has trusted you to use your talents at school, work, or in the marketplace to further spreading the true gospel message. Let nothing tempt you or delay you in being faithful to this calling. God does not make mistakes, and you are not here by chance. He knows your identity. He knows what you can be. And more importantly, he knows what you should be. And he gives you all the training you need through your trials and temptations to be faithful. Your identity is to be, be faithful. You know, I wish that I had never wasted the younger years of my life. The millions of business dollars that was God's, but I had spent recklessly against God's will while running, or should I say ruining, his business. What a terrible sin I had committed, and how many of God's loyal workers should have been, should have been benefited with the money I wasted. How about the 2,120 Sabbaths that I was one day late for? And yet, most of the rest of the world is still one day late as we speak. I wish that someone like you, a seven-day Adventist, had come to me. Come to me when I was in high school or college. I wish that someone like you witnessed to me earlier in the workplace. You know, the spirit of prophecy writes that we are often afraid to render to God that which he had entrusted to us. Engaged in worldly enterprise, but investing little, if anything, in the cause of God. Expecting others to bear the burden of the work. It continues by saying, how perilous is the condition of those who, growing weary of their watch, turn to the attractions of the world. While the man of business is absorbed in the pursuit of gain, while the pleasure lover is seeking indulgence, while the daughter of fashion is arranging her adornments. 
It may be that hour that the judge of all the earth will pronounce the sentence, Thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. You young people at GYC, those listening, this, this can't be you. This cannot be you. And I'm here to encourage you to be, be what? To be the mission. To be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, that you may prove what is that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You must and we must all be missionaries delivering the three angels' messages to the world. Spirit of Prophecy says, For those who follow Christ are ever safe under the watchful care of angels that excel in strength and are sent from heaven to protect them. The wicked one cannot break through the guard which God has stationed about his people. If you continue to study this Bible and be faithful always, you can overcome these challenges. But most of all, we need to share that share that message with the rest of the world like I said I wish somebody had come to me earlier in my life I wished I didn't waste millions of dollars that could have helped this mission but I have faith God owns all that money anyway he's going to figure it out the fact of the matter is will you be a part of that you know perhaps like myself Many of you are struggling with some of these issues. Stewardship. How you spend your time, how you spend your money, what you spend your time on and what you spend your money on, your talents, the relationships that you're in, the relationships with your family and friends. You know, I had to make a decision myself to separate from a lot of people that I used to be with for a short while because my intention is to go back and spread that message and bring them back over we just have to accept that promise and at this time if you want to make a commitment a commitment to change a commitment to being more faithful with your stewardship that God entrusted you with his assets your talents are his talents given to you your resources are his resources given to you your time is borrowed time from God. If you're struggling with these issues the way I did and you're rationalizing in some way or ignoring that call, join me as I pray. Just raise your hand up. You don't have to go anywhere. Just raise your hand up. Anybody struggling with this? I still struggle. The devil tempts me all the time. He's looking at a way for me to rationalize. Say somebody else is going to do it. Why don't we all pray? Dear, dear God, our Father in heaven, oh gracious Father, kind and merciful, and most of all patient, you have the solutions that are there already for us. All we have to do is accept them by putting our trust and faith in you. Challenge us, Lord, to be faithful. Give us the trials and temptations that build our courage, our faith, and our strength in preparation for the times of trouble ahead. Let us gladly accept these challenges, knowing that you already have the solution in hand. It's just the character that you're trying to form in us, giving us every opportunity, one to show on what side we stand, and that's yours. And two, to be a witness to everyone around us. Don't be fooled. We all know that people are watching us all the time, sometimes without us knowing it, and that this character that we pray for, Lord, is a character that they're looking for as well. I pray that everyone who has their hand up are those who are silently in prayer with this request that you grant them a special peace and that they
they be faithful, faithful unto death. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse and Hope Media Ministry for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to listen to more great media like this presentation, or if you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. You can also find great witnessing media at audioverse.org and at hopevideo.com.